0: BDC, the Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs, is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com.
1: You're listening to the Startup Women podcast on the Startup Canada podcast network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization. And is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Afton Brizzoni on our show today. Afton is the founder of Scribe National, a content marketing company that she started to help B2B companies connect with their audiences online. Scribe National is built on excellence, dedication, curiosity, and authenticity to illuminate the brands that they work with. Afton brings 12 years of experience in storytelling through marketing, communications, and journalism roles. Afton and her team bring a human voice to content creation to help drive their clients' businesses forward. Afton's work is rooted in developing strategies and content for growth-oriented organizations all around the globe such as technology companies, firms, and entrepreneurs. Through this work, Afton has helped her clients clarify their offerings online, double their conversions, launch online initiatives, and elevate their websites, social media channels, and media partnerships. Afton is also the author of Shop Dogs of Canmore, a book celebrating dogs who join their entrepreneurial owners at work, which I love. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Afton. Thank you so
0: much, Kayla. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Amazing. Not to diminish all of the other wonderful pieces of experience that you have, but this shops of, uh, Shop Dogs of Canmore is a new one <laughs> celebrating dogs who uh, are joining their entrepreneur owners. I love that.
0: It was tons of fun. I imagine,
1: imagine. (laughs) Amazing, so before we get into all things content marketing, what do you think is the one key takeaway that you want our listeners to remember from our conversation today, Afton?
0: I'd say that content marketing can get a little technical sometimes, especially just with all of the information that's out there online. So what I'd really like people to take away is, if you're an entrepreneur who's tackling this in your own business, it doesn't have to be complicated and just take it one step at a time.
1: I love that. We often hear that uh, that advice, you know, in pre-pandemic times, during the pandemic, take things one step at a, at a time across all the different parts of building a business. So your first year of business took place during a very special time um, during a global pandemic, but yes. you were able to bootstrap um, your business to six figures. How did you do this during such an uncertain time? Walk us through this journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I will say, part of it is, you know, being fortunate to have been working in a digital space. So I can absolutely appreciate and just want to, you know, shout out to all the the business owners who've been dealing with difficulties around having brick and mortar stores. So, you know, absolutely can't discount that. But what I will say about the success of Scribe National, I think, it comes down to the relationships, you know, and it comes down to how you mentioned earlier, what we really strive to build this company on is excellence and getting to know our clients, getting to understand what they need and then doing what we need to do to deliver that. And for that reason, we have a lot of repeat customers. So I would say that just really, you know, delivering what they need is, is a big part of it.
1: So for any of our listeners who might just be dabbling, not even into content marketing, but communications at large, can you walk us through what content marketing specifically is under that umbrella um, in very simple terms that uh, that new entrepreneurs may be able to, to understand outside of the technical components?
0: Yeah, for sure. So it's really a type of marketing that you know, in contrast to advertising, where you're sort of pushing out messages and you're not really facilitating a lot of two-way conversation, content marketing is where you're producing content, and we can talk about the various types in a, in a little while here, but you're producing content that tells a story, it's interesting and engaging, it solves a problem for your audience, and, you know, really delivers value to them
1: amazing. And when we think of content marketing, you know, the first thing that often comes to mind are blog posts, traditional newsletters at least for me. That's sort of where my mind goes. What are some examples of our alternative mediums that founders are now utilizing? You know, the digital space is expanding so much these days. What does content marketing look like now?
0: Yeah, and I'd say, you know, blog posts and emails are still a huge part of it, but you're totally right that there are the landscape is is really just huge. And so I think depending on your industry, you know, if if you're like us and you're focused on the B2B space, LinkedIn is an excellent place. And you see some really successful content creators on LinkedIn. And it's, you know, it's not just a short little snippet in a social media post anymore. It's, um, you know, it's a human story. It's very engaging. It's about asking questions, generating conversation, and all those kinds of great things that, Really is what content marketing is setting up to do another thing, of course, what we're doing right now, um, a podcast, you know, these are excellent because people consume content in different ways. And so, you know, you want to make sure that you're delivering options for your audience and obviously ones that resonate with them. Amazing.
1: And as entrepreneurs are trying to navigate their own content marketing um, or even just the voice and tone of their brand, uh, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs that are just starting to dive into this space? Why do they need
0: to spend the time now? This is crucial. I, you know, obviously we we want to sometimes run before we walk as entrepreneurs and and certainly taking action. I'm a big believer in taking action, imperfect action, all of those things but i do think it's really really important to spend some time thinking about your brand story, your brand voice, your messages, you know, who you're speaking to and what they need to hear from you and then even get a strategy down on paper. And you know, it's not to mire people in the planning phase, but it the purpose for doing so is to make sure that when it does come time to create content that you're doing so effectively because You know, we've all got busy schedules, especially with entrepreneurs they are often wearing many hats. So setting a strategic foundation up front will make the process more organized and more efficient. And, you know, you'll ultimately see better results as well.
1: Amazing. And in your consulting and in the advice that you give, how do you assess success? Like, is it more on the engagement side? Is it conversions? Uh, When looking at content marketing, how do you um, support entrepreneurs in navigating what that North Star is and why they're doing this content marketing to sort of serve as a means to an end?
0: Yeah, that's such a great question because it's definitely different than something like evaluating an advertising campaign where you have a clear ad spend, you have a clear, you know, how many clicks, how many conversions, um, all of those things. And content marketing ROI is tricky. So it's I think it's first off just important to acknowledge that to begin with. What I always try to do is, is, you know, make sure clients do understand it tends to be a long game just in terms of. It takes something, for example, like SEO and driving organic traffic to your blog. You know, We've worked with clients where we've been able to get them right up to that first page of Google, which is really the holy grail because you need to be there if you want to drive traffic to your site through search. But it's about... Is that, is that a goal for them, right? Because if that's if someone isn't interested in driving organic traffic, you know, personally, I think it's a great goal, but you want to make sure that you start with your goals in mind and you can measure success against those goals. But you have to know what you're trying to achieve in order to be able to look back and say, was this a good use of our time?
1: And I imagine a, a huge part of this process is identifying your target market. Uh, that you know, obviously, as entrepreneurs, we're selling products or services. We have that target market identified as we develop our business plans. But on the com side and in content marketing, this is even more important. How do you go through that process of really identifying your target market and where they are, where you should be making investments?
0: Yeah. So what I'll say is, you know, we we tend to work with either clients who have already done this. And in that case, it's much more straightforward. Um, but, but certainly those who haven't done this work yet. And I think a big thing that we tend to overlook is just simply talking to them, right? Getting out there and asking your audience, how, how would you like to engage with our company? Because, Again, as I said before, there's so much information out there and there's so much research out there that we can sometimes get trapped in a vacuum. And if you're just making assumptions about the way that people want to engage with you, you could miss the mark on something. Um, You know, you could be thinking that everybody can't wait to open your email newsletter when really they'd rather watch a two minute video on your YouTube channel. So I actually think, you know, it sounds simple, but it's simply just talking to them, asking them, you know, run a LinkedIn poll, um, call up your current customers just the next time you check in with them, uh, speak with them about what they've found most valuable in your recent marketing.
1: And you know what they say about making assumptions. Yes. (laughs) Um, I I totally agree. And I, I think it's been so interesting to see so many businesses evolve during the pandemic that, you know, the customer needs have evolved. So we have had to, you know, for lack of a better word, pivot <laughs> across all these different digital spaces. Um, but people want to consume content differently than they did even a year ago. Um, so there is always that that kind of uncomfortable evolution in communications that I think makes entrepreneurs sometimes uncomfortable because they don't know where they should be spending their effort. New platforms popping up. You know, should I be on TikTok? OK. Uh, what was that? Not guest house, but. Uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse, exactly. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not on Clubhouse. <laughs> um, but how do you recommend sort of staying up to date um, as these trends emerge and as these different markets continue to adapt and um, become even more competitive with more businesses also promoting their services and offerings.
0: Well, I think it goes back to what I said in the beginning about, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. And I think, you know, it it can seem as though it is, and we can overcomplicate it as business owners. And of course, you don't want to miss out on the next big thing. And mm-hmm. and although I haven't stepped into TikTok yet, I have briefly looked at Clubhouse, you know, haven't really spent too much time there. Because what I think is really important for entrepreneurs, especially because especially if it's just you, you know, if you're a one person shop, pick a few things and do them as best as you possibly can, because producing excellent content on two platforms is far superior of a strategy than producing, you know, mediocre content across six platforms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing too is, you know, although we can get mired in the data, we should be looking at the data to some extent, right? So if if you're producing content across several platforms, make sure that you spend some time, sit down, take a look at what's working, what's not working. There's absolutely nothing wrong with trying something new next month if you feel like the numbers aren't quite there for what you're trying this month.
1: And do you have any recommended tools or resources where entrepreneurs should be looking at to track those metrics, to look at analytics, Um, any, any sort of bootstrapped recommendations if somebody is entering this for the first time?
0: Yeah, so there are a lot of things that you can do on a budget. So just some basic things you can do is have Google Analytics installed on your website so that you can see where people are coming from. You can use a free version of a social media tool, like the free version of Hootsuite, for example, which will give you some stats on your engagement for the different platforms that you have hooked up to that tool. There's also social listening tools that you can use. And what that can do is kind of give you a snapshot of conversation online. It can give you an idea of what topics people are interested in, which can then actually help you kind of feed your content calendar for your own business as well.
1: Love that. You know, you've also mentioned that, you know, the marketing landscape today is very relationship driven. I think we're hearing that a lot from entrepreneurs, um, that there is this great moment to build um, these these relationships online that would never be bridged in person. Um, So in terms of content marketing, why does this work so well for this specific space across the entrepreneurship landscape? Why does the the relationship component matter so much?
0: So. I'm going to quote something, this is not uh, my own words directly, but it's so, so powerful. People don't do business with companies, they do business with people. And so I think, especially since the, the onset of the pandemic, this is something that has really come to the forefront, it's, you know, it's it's what makes you stand out, right? It's It's telling your own story, it's sharing your own values, and it's being relatable to customers. And so I think, you know, marketing seems like it's going this way and is going to continue going this way long after uh, the current state of the world, right? And, and, And after that kind of changes. But we see that all the time in content marketing. And it's especially important if you have a business that tends to be a little bit more complex, a little bit more technical or dry. Um, there are some ways that you can really use storytelling to build relationships and just be more engaging than simply rattling off a list of software features. For example, if you're a tech company, you know I don't think that that's getting anyone too excited. Mm-hmm.
1: And do you have an, any examples of people who are using unique content marketing strategies or employing tactics that may be unusual but very successful?
0: Yeah. So, well, this one isn't, isn't too unusual, but I'm, I'm going to give you one example of a tech startup that we work with. And so they are a startup that has veterinary dictation software. Mm-hmm. So as a content marketer, you always want to think, you know, how do I make this very compelling, interesting, everything like that. And a lot of times when you're an entrepreneur, it's it's more about who you serve than about yourself. Right. And so with this example, it's about, putting the customer in the spotlight. So it's it's not about the software, it's about the customer which is a veterinary clinic that's extremely busy. They're saving lives, you know, this is a this is a big mission that they've got. And using this software is helping them do that better because it's helping them reduce their workload by 50%. You know, that's huge. Um, Well, not that I shouldn't say their workload, the time that is that is spent typing. You know, of course, there's many, many other things that they have to do. But those those client charts that are just clogging the administrative work up, taking time away from what's really important. If you can find, you know, that sort of an angle, always tie it back. So it's not just about a piece of software or it's not just about a service that you offer You know, there's another client that's a a nonprofit that we work with in the UK that's really trying to build a critical mass of engineers because there's going to be a huge shortage in this industry in the UK. And so it's, it's really building a community. And so we do content marketing for them to help feed into their membership. So it's delivering value, making your audience feel like This is where I belong. You know, this brand gets me. Um, I think it all comes back to things like that.
1: Completely agree. And I think that this is very hard (laughs) to entrepreneurs that are listening when we have so many people online, there are so many competitors out there um, that are navigating various stories, you know, they're selling different types of products and services in in also saturated industries. Sometimes it can be very hard to pierce through all of that noise. Um, So what are you seeing as unique differentiators or approaches that entrepreneurs are potentially taking to, um, you know, to pierce through all of their different competitors as everyone tries to win this kind of, um, comms attention game, if you will.
0: Yeah. So I think that some of the things we talked about, like being very, very clear on who you're speaking to and what they need to hear from you and then looking at the data to make sure that what you're doing is a good use of your time. But beyond that, uh, this is something that I've seen talked about a lot recently and it, it sounds simple, but it's really, especially for an entrepreneur, this is actually easier than for, for a large company, but just being boldly and unabashedly yourself, Mm. right? Because people can see that. And I think that's, what's really attracting them. And that's, what's really setting you apart from someone else. And again, it is such a simple thing, but it's, it's being talked about a lot in online communities for a reason. And it's because people are having success with this strategy.
1: And have you seen that go too far for any examples that come to mind that, you know, as you're navigating the balance of being human and approachable and yourself, is there a point where that becomes too disconnected from the product or service that you're trying to sell? Is there ever too much of that type of content and not enough um, about the actual company? Yeah, that's
0: a great question and I think that yes, it can go too far for sure. And I think uh, you know, especially because again I mentioned in the B2B space LinkedIn is is the social platform where I probably spend most of my time and that platform has changed a lot over the past year and it has become a lot more personal, mm-hmm. which is a great thing, that's true. but yeah, and it really, and it has, and people are getting fantastic engagement on those kind of posts, but you're absolutely right that it can go too far. And I think one way to mitigate that is by having, again, a content strategy and an editorial calendar so that you are not, you know, looking back and, and as much as I love this idea because I love dogs is saying, oh, all I posted about this week was my dog. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not going to cut it. You do need to be offering the value and the information that your your audience and customers are looking for so being strategic planning it out in advance can really just help you avoid that
1: amazing so if business owners are not yet outsourcing content marketing or they don't quite yet have a dedicated resource what are the first steps that they should be taking to begin developing content on their own maybe they're not a great writer they don't feel super comfortable in this space what's step one
0: step one is making sure that you have that brand identity solidified because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they'll go out, they'll get a killer logo, a beautiful visual identity, and all of those things are extremely important. But oftentimes the written part of the identity gets overlooked. Mm. All of the content that you create needs to stem from a cohesive brand story, brand voice, messages, values, you know, all of those foundational pieces. So that is definitely step one.
1: Awesome. Any final takeaways or pieces of advice as entrepreneurs are navigating content marketing or just entrepreneurship in general? <laughs> sort of piece of advice from your experience, Afton. Any final takeaways?
0: Yeah, I think I'd love to speak on entrepreneurship in general because it it has been, I'm not a person who came from an entrepreneurial family. I didn't you know, always know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but it has been such a rewarding experience. And so I think that The advice would be like knowing that there's always going to be ups and downs. And if marketing or content marketing isn't something where you naturally thrive, I think that if you really come from a place of wanting to serve your audience and wanting to do good and wanting to add value, you know, make their jobs easier, make their lives easier, whatever it is. I really don't think you can go wrong if you come from that place.
1: Mm, I like that. That's a great piece of advice to end things on. Thank you so much, Afton. This was such an, in, a, you know, communications is my background. So this, this definitely fills my heart in, in a unique way on the content marketing side. Um, but I think this is super practical. It's some really great takeaways for uh, our entrepreneurs to implement immediately.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me on Kayla.
1: Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business and visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.